Hi everyone, I'm Zen, your astrologer, and welcome to your horoscope for the week of June 7, 13, 2021. We have a really powerful week ahead of us, where there is so much happening in the sky in the same week. So regardless of how we look at it, which perspective we basically prioritize, it's still going to be really intense and quite chaotic. There is so much happening personally, psychologically, emotionally, but at the same time collectively as well. There is also very powerful karma at play. So the pressure is on, on full blast, on maximum, from every single direction. This is where, you know, usually going within into our protective shells and bubbles, into our own worlds, might not be a solution next week, because we might find the same energy at play inside of us, but of course from a totally different you know, perspective, a different expression. This is where even our fantasies might be a little bit turbulent and they might not provide us, you know, like a safe haven where we can just chill out a little bit, escaping physical reality. Now, why is this week so very intense from a multi-dimensional perspective? Well, first of all, we start the week under the opposition of Mars and Pluto. Mars is in detriment, so basically it feels like in a watery prison, in a watery grave in the sign of Cancer. Of course, this energy doesn't necessarily have to have a negative expression, because Mars in Cancer is also very helpful, very empathic. It is basically the energy of the healer, of the nurturer, of the nurse, of the very caring person. But when it's under pressure, when there is a lot of tension there, well, this energy simply turns into like the heaviest kind of emotional, psychological frustration. And this gives way to a feeling of total helplessness, total powerlessness, feeling emotionally at least totally lost. Because, you know, when Pluto touches a planet in an opposition, it tends to basically nullify the expression of that planet. And Mars is the lower octave of Pluto. Mars is the ambition, the willpower. It is the doer. It is the masculine principle. So basically this kind of drowns our wills and makes us feel helpless. It makes us feel totally powerless in at least one area of life, in at least one situation. And because of this intensity of this energy, like this is a really cruel aspect. This is not gentle. This is not loving. This is not kind. This is not really susceptible to out-philosophizing it in any way. This is where we just have to face it, we have to accept it, and we have to let it sink in, because of course there is a deeper meaning to this. Mars opposing Pluto takes place once every two years, and that is where the sky reminds us of where it is that we are most vulnerable, what our limits, what our tolerance is, 
and keeping that you know in mind being aware of that not allowing ourselves to fall into any delusion ultimately serves our inner and outer balance and basically sometimes we have to guard and protect our limits our boundaries but in order for us to be valid defenders and protectors of ourselves well we need to know what it is that we just cannot overcome and that's not weakness that is basically honesty to the self it doesn't matter if our weak points our vulnerabilities our limits certain obstacles we cannot overcome are source from let's say our genes some flaws and weaknesses are simply written within us of course they make us unique and individual but when life or other people or basically the energies target that sensitive point well the only way we can defend it is if we are totally aware and not live in the delusion that oh i can overcome this when actually every limit especially the very let's say tough ones well they have a logic to it they make us who we are so that means we are not supposed to overcome them especially not in a delusional way and even if sometimes in life we are forced to overcome them let's say well that doesn't mean that we have achieved a totally different standard it just means that in that moment in time we were strong enough but of course this mars and pluto opposition is just one nuance of this energy on its own it isn't really the end of the world yes it may make us feel a little bit wishy-washy a little bit you know emotional a little bit helpless we might you know embody victim mentality or life is defeating us or basically outer reality is working against us fortunately this isn't a long-term aspect by the end of the week even at the middle of the week the opposition gets weaker and weaker so basically it's only very powerful at the beginning of the week so it's not really that doom and gloom on its own of course but if we add to this that at the same time another type of really not very easy to process energy is building up yes we are talking about the saturn and uranus square i already spoke about this a great deal in almost any recording but we are nearing that very special moment of the year when this square gets exact for the second time second out of three so when it starts getting exact when the energy is being precise well you know we feel it that much stronger both internally and this time especially internally because saturn is retrograde and of course externally that is when the chaos is in full blast that is when the battles and the struggles and the ideological conflicts and very many time it is not just you know these ideological conflicts within society like we what we can see on the political stage economically financially uh human rights of course saturn in aquarius discrimination the huge difference between the rich the 
wealthy, the powerful and the disadvantaged people. So that naturally this is one of the ways this energy is going to crystallize right now. But at the same time, because of the Saturn retrograde, you know, when a planet goes retrograde, its symbolism turns inwards, we might be feeling that inside of us. So different forces, different ideologies, different plans and visions might be at war within us. Some might have to do with values, our value system, our worth, our self-esteem, you know, how lovable we are. This can also be matters of love and how other people basically relate to us. You know, Taurus is one of the homes of Venus, so love is always part of the deal. And of course, Saturn is a planet which also governs work, sacrifice, time, responsibility, duties, etc., so th there might be like a philosophical nuance to this where all of us are invited to basically contemplate on how much of our lives do we sacrifice for money, resources, for the collective to please others and how much of our lives, basically time, do we use to satisfy our own desires of our own life path basically because for some people work and career and sacrificing their time for resources might not have absolutely anything to do with their soul path so to speak it might not necessarily have anything to do with their karmas so you know this is where almost 100% some people will raised the issues around modern day slavery where basically through our minds and perceptions you know Aquarius a very strong mental energy so society our education conditioning you know I don't want to get into a conspiracy here let's just say the rich and the powerful and the governors of society well, they might kind of trick us into becoming slaves, selling our time, selling and sacrificing all those precious moments that we will never ever get back. And for what? Just resources, just for um, to be able to purchase food and all of the things which soothe exactly those wounds which we received by sacrificing our times. You know, the Xbox, the modern technological appliances to make our life symbolically said easier to give us more security well all of those are just to compensate for the wounds that we receive by selling our time so it's like a devilish cycle which just you know keeps on completing itself because the problem comes from the same source as the solution so basically, it is like the circle. The Egyptian myth of Apophis, it devoured its tail continuously, continuously. So that's a circle, a cycle, call it whatever you want. It cannot end until somehow we break it. And this energy might immediately reflect in the global economy. This is one of those moments where we can expect a huge 
a spike, let's say in cryptocurrency Uranus and a drop of something else. So it's going to be total chaos. Financially speaking, this is also quite personal where we might be extremely worried about our resources, money, work, how we're going to survive, how we're going to do this and that for our futures. We're going to be extremely concerned about our future groundedness, well-being, the long-term stability that we have to, you know, provide not just for ourselves, but also for the children, for the future generation, some people for their elderly parents, etc. Also, Mars in Cancer is, you know, extremely relevant in this sense, because Cancer is family, Mars is the doer, the protector the male principle so we are kind of one way or another at least morally responsible for our families for those people who we love dearly out of choice of course but as i said this is still just one once of the energy the uranus and saturn square let's say are the composition of the cake mars opposing pluto is the icing and now comes the cherry the highlight from almost every single perspective, karmically, emotionally, materially, mentally, uh, even socially, and for some people even in their relationships, and that is without a shadow of a doubt, the solar lunar eclipse that we are going to have on the 10th of June in the sign of Gemini. Now what makes this eclipse a little bit extra special is that the governing planet of this eclipse, the governing planet of Gemini, Mercury, not only that it's retrograde, so basically that's a lot of brainstorming, that's a lot of retrospective, that's a lot of hair splitting, and, you know, like it or not, either inner forces or external reality is definitely going to almost force us to rethink, reevaluate. Consider every single detail, not make hasty judgments, not make hasty decisions, to be patient but also be ready to act, you know. Duality, Gemini, we have to be our most adaptable selves, otherwise we will definitely get lost in this really intense energy, because as I said, not only Mercury is retrograde, but it's conjunct the Sun and the Moon. So the energy of the eclipse, which basically means a new moon, so we have to begin something new, do something new, birth something new, head towards something new. It's about the future, it's about the new, it's about the next. But it's also an eclipse, which means the north node is very near to the, to the eclipse point. So that represents that it's not just something... Not that very significant, but it kind of means that it's karmic. Our futures and our long-term goals, plans and accomplishments really depend on this. So this is why this Mercury retrograde, even though it makes this energy very intense and somewhat hard, it's actually serving a great purpose because it's making sure that we won't make a wrong choice, we won't make a wrong decision, and more importantly, we will not allow excess extremes 
into our lives so that they can spoil whatever we are creating or whatever we are heading towards. Uh, this is where the Sabian symbol of 20 degrees of Gemini, that is where this um, new moon slash solar eclipse is going to be taking place. The Sabian symbol is the cafeteria, a coffee shop, you know, full of options, flavors, drinks, cakes, sweets, whatever your heart would desire, especially when you're hungry. And once you enter into that cake shop, well, you have to know what to decide, what to choose, what to um, purchase for yourself in such a way that it satisfies all your needs, your sweet tooth, but also your tummy, so it has to be nurturing, nourishing as well. It has to have that little bit of sugar to, you know, boost your brain and your mental activities, but it also has to be in a certain kind of healthy quantity. It also has to basically respect your flaws and weaknesses. For example, if some people are intolerant to sugar, etc., well, they have to make sure that they choose sugar-free or with natural sweetener or whatever. Again, Mercury retrograde, taking everything into consideration. There is also the drink that has to go with your cake or whatever you chose. It has to be basically hydrating, but also the right flavor. It has to give you that very special satisfaction. But of course, all of this to be understood symbolically. You know, the cakes and whatever we have to choose represent options, opportunities, and choices in life. And the right combination of what we choose is going to guide us towards the future. It is going to help us nurture our beings, nurture our lives, and propose us to be able to live out that which we are aligned to, and this is where the alignment has to be mind, so it has to make sense, it has to be rational, at least for us. There is also emotion at play, it has to be somewhat satisfactory emotionally as well. And this is where the Sun, Moon and Mercury retrograde are going to be holding a square, a pretty tight square with Neptune in the sign of Pisces, and Pisces is also a dual sign. So this Neptune requires us that whatever we choose, yes, there is that rational side, there is the emotional side, but it's not enough for basically the mind, Mercury and the heart to be good bedfellows and to have an agreement, to be in harmony with, his, with each other. That is, of course, a necessity, but this Neptune adds a different layer to it it has to resonate. And resonance, well, that is, you know, very Neptunian-like because it sources from the soul. And the only way we know what resonates is if we know first, on first hand, what doesn't resonate. So sometimes knowing what is not for us, regardless if it's logical and rational, well, that sources from the experiences, lived experiences of the past. Neptune in the third deacon of Pisces, well, it is the past. So all of our past, let's say, failures, unpleasantries, where relationships or certain actions, 
our goals, ambitions, dreams, etc. didn't satisfy us, didn't fulfill us. And don't get me wrong, sometimes we had success, sometimes we were successful and it didn't satisfy us. So all those events at this point are going to be so very valuable like alchemical gold because what doesn't resonate this time is more important for us to make a very healthy and aligned choice to our souls. Because you know, this new moon, this eclipse is going to be extremely magnetic, the sign of Gemini, well it is mind over matter, isn't it? It is the practicality of the lower mind. The higher mind, you know, is philosophical and all that, but it is the lower mind where the even the physical energy is the brain and that has a magnetic field. So basically that is where our mental magnetism are. You know, Gemini communication, the power of words, the power of the written word, even the metaphysical meaning of the word basically, which creates. And how many sacred scriptures all around the world from different cultures, from different religions, well, most of them says that there was the word, there was a sound or a creational thought, and that is also Gemini. So chances are that this eclipse is going to be extremely magnetic, bringing a lot of choices, options, and opportunities into our lives. And what we choose mostly has to go also by resonance, as I said. We have this rational element of Mercury retrograde, which is absolutely fantastic because we can spot immediately what will not work, what is not logical, what is not authentic for us. There is also that emotional energy. Venus in the sign of Cancer, where that is. Basically, we know what we love. Our emotions can be crystal clear, especially, you know, regarding profound understanding, even emotional understanding of the self. Cancer is, you know, the crab, the hermit crab, which has a shell. So Venus is in a protective shell. She is extremely powerful in this part of the sky. So there is a lot of emotional intelligence here as well. And this is all a massive bonus. This is all sheer power. If we add to this the Mars opposing Pluto, well, yes, that is an extremely cruel and heart-shattering energy, but knowing our weaknesses, vulnerabilities, and limits is also imperatively necessary for us to make the right choices at this time. And this is where the Neptune square comes into play. It has to resonate as well. So let's say if we have 10 million things to choose from in our lives at the time of the eclipse or six months after the eclipse because the sphere of the eclipse is, you know, a week before it takes place and six months after. Even though I get this feeling that it's going to be a little bit quick this time because Gemini wants to do things immediately after it has the plan, the methodology, after something becomes crystal clear in its mind. But you know, timing is something deeply personal, so it kind of depends on every person individually. But anyway, when we have so many choices, we can very easily, with this energy, 
single it down to one or two maybe and chances are out of those two let's say maybe three choices all of them lead to the same outcome all of them are the right choices and why well first of all mercury retrograde will immediately eliminate that which is not applicable that which is not rational that which, which is not logical then on the other hand there is venus in cancer we know and are in tune so very much with what we love so this is where our emotional intelligence is at its strongest we have mars in cancer opposing pluto so that also means that those choices which take us way 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 outside of our comfort zones and are extremely risky those are also eliminated and then the cherry on top is this neptune squaring the new moon conjunct mercury retrograde because the resonance what resonates what our soul longs to is gonna be a very strong force at this time and even though sometimes that is the territory of illusions and dreams and fantasies but because we have this very strong grounding energy in the sky well that is where we will not be allowed to you know drown in illusion and just immerse ourselves in fantasy and this is also ensured in a very not so pleasant way by the Uranus and Saturn square that screams at us down to earth physical reality, not fantasy, not dreams, whatever we are capable of basically producing in our lives. Uranus is that change, the upgrade, the next, the new, the future, but Saturn is stability. So basically, yes, we are leaping towards the future, but it really, really matters how we do it. And sometimes we just have to, let's say, adjust the speed. Just let me give you an example. Uranus in Taurus. Taurus is the Earth and the stability of the Earth. Uranus shakes it up. Let's say you want to replant a tree. Well, you won't pull it out from the ground with as much brute force as you can, Uranus, because that's what it would like to do, because you might damage it beyond any salvation. But rather you try to excavate it and do it gently, sometimes as slow and possible to make sure that the roots of the tree don't get damaged. So basically this is the Saturn and Uranus square. Everyone wants the change, everyone wants the upgrade, everyone wants to step into the new, especially financially, economically, we want equality, we want equity, fairness, we want to basically live our truth and distinctiveness, Uranus. But this is where Saturn tells us on one hand, well, okay, but we cannot quantum leap because some people are not ready. On the other hand, we have to do it in a very human way where we respect our core human values and principles. And at the same time, well, we all of us have to sacrifice it and suffer certain consequences. So that should be shared. That is why this Uranus and Saturn square is such a very strong energy. It's going to be exact around the 15th of June. 
So that might be a key moment when the pressure is on full blast. As I said, this is the second meeting out of three. The third one is going to take place at the very end of the year. So, you know, we can expect a huge leap in technology, but at the same time, a lot of conflicts, a lot of, you know, clashes of opinions, because Saturn is retrograde at this time, we might ex experience where so very many people are sick to their stomachs to basically be on the internet, social media, technology, you know, everything that involves modern life. This is where a lot of people will have this urge, this tendency to embrace a more natural lifestyle. So a lot of more people than ever before might simply start opposing technology and a very futuristic and digitalized kind of lifestyle where it really mustn't be suffocating anymore. But of course, there will be others still who will be focused much more on space exploration, what happens with the rovers on Mars, what happens with the newest generation of computers, gadgets, technology, etc. And needless to say, well, social media is gonna be a heated battlefield, so the war is on full blast. There are gonna be a lot of arguments, a lot of, as I said, ideological clashes, so I do believe that the best thing to do, especially to make sure that we are very in tune with the energy of the eclipse, even if we won't have that many choices in our lives at the exact moment of the eclipse, but still it's coming, so we have to make sure that our minds are at least uninfluenced, unpolluted by this external chaos as possible. Now, of course, Uranus is also the planet of rebellion, and this becomes active once again, because also next week, just one day after this Gemini eclipse, let's add to this nuance that Gemini is very non-conformistic and rebellious in its own right, just like fellow air sign Aquarius. Gemini also has that quality to it. And then Mars finally exits its watery grave, its prison of cancer, and steps into its position of power, Leo. Now, this is gonna be like Mars is gonna be set on fire. This is where the heart space is gonna be immediately activated. So, on one hand, it will feel like a breath of fresh air when we, all of us in at least one area of life, are gonna feel that finally I'm, I'm, I'm living, finally I have the fire back, finally I can taste a little bit of passion, at least from within, but of course, under this very rebellious energy, this can also light off spirits, and you know what that means, people will start protesting, violence, conflict, even physical conflict, because you know, Leo is extremely bold, extremely brave, and it is not afraid to take risks in any way, shape, or form, it is basically the home of the sun, so it is all about self-expression, and sometimes self-expression means battle, sometimes it means 
conflict. Sometimes it means taking on everything that challenges us, confrontation. And perhaps what's, what's more important than that, a day before it leaves the sign of cancer, at the time of the eclipse, of course, it's going to be an anoretic degree of cancer, 29 degrees. That is an extremely karmic and tensionate degree, especially when it comes to Mars, because it just starts to boil. It just starts to build up momentum and energy, you know, get really, really stirred up emotionally cancer. You know, the waters are definitely going to boil. And if it's in a pressure cooker, well, the moment it enters Leo, the part of the sky where it is super strong, everything explodes. So this is a very explosive energy. And chances are, because of the Uranus and Saturn square as well, Uranus can be living chaos, accidents, calamities, earthquake, volcanic activities. And with Mars and Leo, that can mean physical fire, explosions, detonations. Also, let's not forget that before this Mars leaves the sign of Cancer, it held the opposition to Pluto. And a Pluto-Mars opposition is not something we forget immediately. It is like something we remember quite well. It is like a paper cut. It might not put our lives in danger, but it still stings. So this just adds to the aggressiveness of this energy. It just adds to the assertiveness. And also, before the eclipse takes place, around Monday, the moon is going to be conjunct Uranus. So the moon is exalted in Taurus. That means emotional openness and especially towards everything that we need in our lives and do not have you know, Taurus and Uranus in it. So this will already agitate us emotionally. This will already make us pretty much angry. This is how the week starts. But you know, the moon conjunct Uranus is something that we have every single month. So it's nothing that much special. But you know, this is how the pressure, the water inside the pressure cooker is gonna start to slowly heat up and boil. And of course, there's the square with Saturn. So the limitations, everything that we are not permitted to do, where maybe society, the governors, external reality takes away our pleasures and even the hope to have those pleasures in our lives in the immediate future, Uranus is immediate. The moon conjunct Uranus wants, you know, even the soul wants the pleasure to be felt, enjoyed, and basically for it to nurture our souls because Ceres, goddess of the grain, uh, the symbolism of nurture is conjunct Uranus and the moon at this time. So that means that both bodily but also on the soul level, we want food. And the food that nurtures our souls, well, it is happiness, it is pleasure, it is love, and it is romance. It is basically everything that makes us feel valuable. And not having any of that, being starved emotionally and on a soul level, even spiritually, well, that is how the pressure cooker starts boiling. Now, of course, for the collective, 
all of us can already anticipate what it means, how it's gonna play out, the chaos, the confusion, what is true, what is not true, what is the best solution, what is the not-so-ideal solution, technology versus naturalism, political, especially economical, and also social instability, protests, clashes, etc., mediatic warfare, especially over the internet. Now, that is something that we're already used to. As I said, this square is the main theme of 2021. So yeah, it is one of the big moments when it is going to be exact, but we're already used to that energy. However, individually, even though this is, you know, uncomfortable, even though this is pure stress, anxiety, this is when we are at the breaking point combined with this Gemini eclipse. Well, whatever we need in our lives, at least just as a future plan, future outlook, what we are working for, what we are striving for, what we want to live and experience for the future, well, all of that might just start popping up in our lives. This is where we might be able to embody the creational power of the eclipse, especially in the sign of Gemini, as I said earlier, mind over matter. And because this is a highly individualistic energy, yes, for some people it's going to be so very fast that all of a sudden they're going to find themselves that they have so very many options and they just have to make the right choices and find the right modus operandi, put the plan together, refine it and perfect it with Mercury retrograde. And then, you know, it's the green light to go and start building the future, go start doing whatever it is that you found to be most authentic to you personally for other people. This is where options that are simply not valid will first of all start to disappear, fall away from their lives. And even though they might have a moment of feeling totally lost when they say, well, nothing is available for me. I don't resonate with absolutely anything or anyone. I feel like absolutely totally lost in the world, in my life. I cannot even envisage a future for myself. Well, even if that feeling is so very painful, that has a special magnetism to it because let's not forget that all of the squares Neptune, Neptune is the divine source and maybe that is how they're going to attract a miracle, let's say, a divine help, a divine guidance like never before that they have in their lives in order to give them a solution. Maybe that is one big option that they don't really have to work for, but rather they have to just surrender everything, like absolutely everything, in order for that distinctive, very special divine energy to take shape and form in their lives. So for some people, it is going to be like a rebirth where they have to somehow surrender their old identity and everything that they lived until this moment in their lives because it's, it's no longer part of their futures 
And let's not forget, just like Jupiter in Pisces, Neptune also has dissolving qualities, where it breaks and dissolves everything up, especially the third deacon of Pisces, that is undoing of the self. And even though the most extreme expression of that energy is bad, of course, but a favorable expression of that energy is erasing the past. You know, when someone suffers a moment of amnesia and it kind of resets them, it resets their minds. You know, when someone wakes up from a coma and they feel like they are reborn, they feel like a totally different person. For some people, this is how this Gemini eclipse is going to manifest. And for others still, well, there is also another aspect happening in the sky where Venus sextiles uh, Uranus. Now, Venus is extremely powerful in the sign of Cancer. It loves being there. Venus is also the ruling planet of Taurus, where Uranus is. So this sextile is pretty special because it can just attract into your life those partners who you need to give way to your future. Yes, of course, it can be romantic energy, but it can also be that special friend, a person in high place who just lends a helping hand. It can be an associate, a business partner, a professional, a person, maybe even a total stranger who somehow can help you. And this connection can happen quite miraculously because Venus is the lower benefic, so and Uranus is the planet of chaos. Sometimes chaos works in our favor. Fortune, extreme good fortune is basically just one expression of chaos. So this can connect us to those people who are actually the keys towards our futures. And there are also two minor astrological conversations in the sky, Queen Kongs or an inconjunction, held well on one hand by Saturn and Venus and then uh, Mars and Jupiter. And these two energies represent that, you know, fate can sometimes work in a very favorable way. In conjunction is a rather unusual expression of the energy because it links together two signs and two areas of life which apparently have nothing to do with each other. And this energy forces them to coexist in harmony. So even if it comes through as weirdness, unexpectedness, awkwardness, it still has a potential to find a solution to a problem, a necessity, to a need, even in ways which defy our logic, our expectations, our, let's say, life experience. So there is a lot of help out there, but none of this might actually be that very let's say, optimistic and helpful when we are living through next week's energies because it is going to be extremely chaotic. And, you know, the sign of Gemini is duality. For some people, it will be pure delight. It will be like unexpected surprises for the better beyond their expectations. For other people, it's going to be feeling totally lost. 
For others still, it can be quite depressive. It can be really, really hard, especially those who don't have any options in their lives. Like how many people are really, really stuck economically, financially. It doesn't matter who you are on the inside. It doesn't matter how intelligent, learned, good professional, smart, a great addition to any company or anything you are. If you're in that phase where in your local community things just went from bad to worse, well, let's be honest with ourselves, you won't have any options in your life. So because this eclipse is option-oriented energy, you might feel that much more painful than other people because you might see the big contrast. You look, you know, over the fence to your neighbors and they might be working on so many, many projects, collaborations, people, and you look in your own life and it's dead. So yes, this can be part for some people, but this is where that square to Neptune is a saving grace. Don't abandon hope because something and somehow will definitely be heading your way. When there is no human solution, Gemini, practicality, logic, rationality, you know, down-to-earth business, then no problem at all, there is the divine at play, Neptune, and also, you know, co-ruler Jupiter in sign of Pisces, and even if Jupiter has nothing to do with this new moon, this eclipse, well, it's simple and sheer presence in the part of the sky which ultimately also rules miracles, divine grace, mercy. You know, Pisces is the astrological representation of the Christ. Total, let's say, transcendence, well, that is the place of miracles. And, you know, miracle isn't where you ask for it and you get it. That is more like Scorpio. That is like, let's say, the occult. That is metaphysics. That is magic where basically you have to take initiative and, you know, accomplish your will. Pisces is more passive, you know. In order to Pisces to conjure up something like a divine miracle, there always has to be a void, a crisis, a need, helplessness, or being a true victim of something, someone, fate, conditions, society, your local community, other people, family, etc. So even if at the exact moment of the eclipse, the 10th of June, you might be feeling that you're totally lost, you have no options, there is no hope, there is no future for you, don't give up hope because actually you fall into the best category possible because I am 100% that the Jupiter and Neptune together will do something amazing for you. Something which other people, those who will be blessed with a lot of choices, abundance, friends, collaborations, physical, practical means to solve their problems. Well, for you, what your blessing is, is going to be handed down from the deep core of the divine. So basically when it is the divine who is at play and work more directly, more personally, because you know, when you have no choices, that means that you are out of action. 
and that automatically means that the divine will work directly, not necessarily through you, but it has to, it has no choice, but to do something out of its own, let's say, accord. And whenever that happens, now that is a true miracle, because you cannot even ask for it. You can only surrender yourself, your soul and your life to the divine love, and it will definitely answer. And at the same time, you know, in those moments of life when we are just a big void, when we are just almost returned to nothingness, that also means total purity. That also means that in that moment, in time, in our lives, we are only just a child, just an innocent creation of the universe, like a baby who is totally helpless. And when a baby cries, well, someone, a parent, or maybe even another adult will definitely rush to their help. So don't feel despair. Don't let this huge, let's say, difference between you and the abundance of other people drive you into faithlessness because the universe, the divine, or let's just say the spirit of Christ will definitely somehow find a way to help you and give you that new karmic beginning, your path towards your future meant for you, which that solar eclipse with this North Node in Gemini symbolizes. So this concludes this week's horoscope. Thank you so much for listening. I wish everyone a blessed and miraculous eclipse. And please remember, don't focus on the external chaos. Don't focus on the conspiracies. It doesn't really matter what, you know, symbolically the big truth is. At this moment, what really matters is what your truth is. You're alive now. You are present in this timeline, in this life, embodying the person who you are right now. So what the world out there or what even the whole cosmos, the whole galaxy designs for itself, well, it doesn't matter. You are here to enjoy and embrace your own unique life and story and why should this external chaos be part of it? It is basically a matter of choice. So choose yourself and not the external. Thank you so much again. If you'd like to support my channel, you can donate on the PlayPal link in the description below. With this being said, wish everyone a blessed week. Until next time, bye for now.